very exciting. Why is it exciting, Kylie? Well, it's just always great to be doing something new and it's just exciting to be sharing our crazy, amazing, mystical journey of walking with God with all of you guys. Yeah, we just like to say thank you so much to everybody that's listening, that has listened to our podcast and has come on to our lives. And if you're on our live tonight, please feel free to join in, comment. Yeah. We can um, talk to you yes. uh, as you comment. As we go along, we love to interact with you. I'd like to say thank you to all of our new listeners from all around the world. People are actually listening to our podcast from around the world. We've got listeners from Germany, the USA, Canada, South Africa, New Zealand, Belgium, India, Sweden, Spain, Australia, and the UK. So thank you to everybody that's listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. We love the fact that we're not just broadcasting to the wall uh, and that people are <laughs> listening to it and responding and enjoying the content and interacting with us. So mm. if you're wanting to actually know more about who we are, you can also can look us up at wildfiretribe.life, guys. Wildfiretribe.life. Yeah. Try to speak nice and clearly when I say that. <laughs> So everything that you need to know about us is on there uh, and it's come to a week, I don't know, it must be about 13 or 14 weeks mm. that you've been doing this for, Kyle, is that yeah. right? Yeah, it is. And so the topic for this evening I chose and the topic for this evening is the currency of love. Ooh. <laughs> it's plenty of whack on that, honey. Mm, the currency of love. So how did I come up with that topic? I'm not even really sure how I came up with it, but mm. it must be important. It's there on the bottom of the screen, the currency of love. If you're watching, join in. We'd love to hear what you have to say about it. So the currency of love. Last week, Kylie and myself, were we celebrated 29 years of wedded bliss. Yes. That it is, honey. That it is. So <laughs> 29 years since... Kylie and I said yes to each other to be married forever till death do us part. <laughs> Except that we're not going to die. <laughs> Except for we're not going to die. So we're in love. We've been in love since way before that as well. And my love for Kylie has cost me nothing. The currency of love. Mm, it's an interesting. My love has cost me nothing, I feel. And I feel like all it has done is return me way more than it's cost me, which is nothing mm. anyway. But no matter what I invest in it, uh, the return is way, way bigger. Yes. That I shouldn't just let that go by, but it's true. And what did it cost me? It cost me nothing to fall in love with you. It's cost me nothing to stay in love with you. Along the way, we've bought things for each other when we're speaking mm. about the currency of love. I bought you a really cheesy, cheap, nasty engagement ring and wedding <laughs> ring, both of which you don't even have anymore, do you? No, the stones got lost. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think I've even bought something for you since then that did the same, just kept on falling apart. But lucky our love just remains, Kylie. Yes, it's the heart, honey. It's mm. the heart. The currency of love. So perfect love casts out all fear. That must have been something that you come up with. Are you ready to talk about that? Mm, well, I think it's probably when we're when I was 
pondering love. It was pro- probably the first thing that came into my mind was perfect love casts out all fear. Because I guess I feel like fear is one of those things that holds us back in life in general. It holds us back in stepping into the fullness of our relationship with people and our relationship with God. It's like we become afraid of maybe being hurt. We're afraid of what might happen, what might not happen, where there's all those things. But when we come into that place of perfect love, God's perfect love, like fear just has to sit down because there's no place for fear in perfect love. Mm. Love, perfect love, fear, all of those questions. For God so loved the world, John 3.16. Mm. So if you're a person who is has a Christian background or you have a church background or you maybe not even either of those, but you just know of those, uh, those words from John 3.16 or the Bible reference, if you like, it's a really famous one probably one of the most famous ones there is, I feel. Mm. Uh, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Mm. that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's a pretty wild statement. He loved the world as in like the earth and the dirt and the trees, or is there more than that? I just think everything, every created thing. So for God so loved the world that he gave, gave, didn't cost us anything, gave, Mm. gave his only son, like his son, which Mm. I don't know how you could possibly think about what that actually means. If you, for one millisecond of your life, consider that that is true, then how can that mean nothing? Especially Mm. if you're a parent, if you're somebody that has your own children, you have your own son, Mm. and God so loved the entire world, that he gave his son. Mm. And then what did we have to do in return for that Just gift? believe. Whosoever believes in him, that's all we have to do. We don't have to do anything else. Mm. Just like not a very costly transaction on our end of the deal. Mm. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whosoever believes in him, in mm. his son, should not perish. So does that mean, what does perish mean? die should not come to die, the end of but have everlasting life mm. wow i think i had this conversation with a man down the street a little while ago mm. who was he was wanting to speak to people about his religious beliefs mm. and i had a heap of brochures on a on a billboard advertising different reasons why you should agree with their faith and maybe come along to their church and one that really caught my eye was something about that topic, that subject. Mm. What was on that brochure? Like you can live forever, live forever or something. Live forever yeah. or something like that. And I really thought, wow, that's amazing that they would advertise that as being uh, a, a benefit of following their religion. Mm. So I went back and talked to them about that. And the discussion turned into uh, a didn't become heated necessarily, but I felt like the discussion turned into something that the man I was talking to didn't want to discuss any longer and he wanted to finish it. Mm. And so he told me, you better tell him this, Kylie. What did he say to me? He said um, that your father was the devil. <laughs> 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 yeah. lucky, lucky you know your father's not the devil. <laughs> so the man accused me. Of being the son of the devil. 
to finish the conversation. And I didn't know if he actually, if I was hearing correctly, so I got him to repeat it again. And I did hear him correctly. He said it a second time. So as I went down the street, I was very, very annoyed and angry about what had been said to me. Mm. And I even, in talking to Kylie, threatened that I might go back and just punch him in the nose. <laughs> Luckily, I know that he would never do that. But, yeah, in the heat of the moment, there were some words spoken. <laughs> yeah, so speaking to a man about even the simple mm. verses, the simple beliefs about our faith, for God's the love of the world and eternal life and all that kind of thing, led us to a place that didn't feel like there was much mm. love going on. Well, I kind of feel like a lot of that comes out of that basis of that fear-based religion, that mentality of trying to scare people into the kingdom. Like um, it says in 1 John 4, 18, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So I would even go so far as to say that perhaps that man hasn't ever experienced God's perfect love to be able to... Mm, I don't know put, if I agree with that because... Like, to put the fear of God into you, though. That he's never experienced it is probably going a bit too far. I think it's fair to say that at that moment, maybe there wasn't like perfect love in the air between us. Mm. We don't know whether what his past is, what his background is, his experience with God. But at that very moment, yeah, I think it's fair to say that mm. uh, there wasn't much love in the air. <laughs> it's interesting, though, that it says that, you know, if you are, it, like that, that perfect love that expels all fear, if we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. Mm. And that's and that is and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect well, there love. There you go. So I'm prepared to be wrong on that occasion. If that man, maybe that man has never experienced the love of God, and he's living in some sort of fear that he's losing a discussion or an argument, and to lash out and accuse me of being the son of the devil is his way to finish it. Because I do think his love is something that you can't explain to someone. It is actually something that needs to be experienced. Mm. Like it's something that needs to be felt. It's That's what brings that revolution of going this way and going, I don't want to have God in my life, to actually doing a full 180 where you actually start going toward God again because you tangibly experienced his love that you felt, oh, my goodness, I feel loved. Because... I think there's this gen there is this genuine piece of all of us that just wants to be loved and almost needs to be loved. Almost needs. And that, and an unconditional love is what is on offer. Mm. Uh, it's probably it's not like the love that I have for you, even though I do love you all of the time. I think there's at times where I, you know, within that love that it's just like what did you do that for? <laughs> yeah. Like about 30 seconds before we come onto this broadcast when you move your chair closer to me and bent my elbow, <laughs> twisted my wrist. And kicked the lights. And then kicked the lights. <laughs> yes, but saying that, I still love you even. So I guess that is unconditional love. That's, mm. that's the love that goes around and around. You know, love mm. is a currency. Currency moves around. 
uh, money is a currency, money moves around, it buys things, you get it in mm. your pocket, you give it to someone else, it buys something else, it goes around and around. Mm. The topic being tonight that the currency of love. So we're speaking about the love that God has for each one of us mm. and the love that he has for us in return. Mm. What is that likely to do for you if you're feeling that God loves you? I think that it makes you okay to love yourself and then out of that can flow love for others. So it actually is quite a transformational currency in the way that uh, it brings us into that space where we're not like pointing the finger at people, we're not basing our um, day on who's right and who's wrong and we're just coming out of that place of genuine um, unconditional love. So in John 13, 34 to 35, it says, A new command I give to you. And this is Jesus speaking. A new command I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. That's all we've got to do. Mm. So it's probably time that we just wrapped it up, Kylie. Once again, these broadcasts are getting shorter and shorter because the answers <laughs> to all of the questions are just love one another. Yeah. It's a Jesus, what have we got to do? What have we got to do to survive? Which commands should we mm. keep? Which ones are the most important? I think it's pretty obvious, though, that we don't live in a world that exercises the love muscle. Like, I mean, we're, it's really like we're not flowing in that currency. We're not activated in that space of really letting love flow through us. And I think sometimes that people of religion have been some of the people that have hated the most, hated anyone, disliked people, disagreed with people, caused animosity toward other groups of people that don't believe the same that they do. And that's not that love of God. You know, it's not even like I think people go, oh, yes, but, you know, God's also a God of judgment or he's a God of wrath or, or whatever else people want to say about God. Let's get down below the surface of um, even the Bible and Bible verses. I reckon we, we should, we owe it to each other and to anybody listening to go a bit further. Than that. Mm. We need to just talk about our own experience of his love in our, in our own lives. I feel like if we're going to be serious, like it mm. sounds like it's a very serious tone discussion <laughs> tonight, but let's get really serious and let's just actually share from the heart about mm. what God's love has done for you in your life. We don't even have to use Bible verses. We don't have to try and convince anyone. Just share your story. Mm. Tell me something about that. For me, I've always just had this knowing, this tangible sense of his presence and that he loves me. And even in that, I feel like the part that comes in between me and his love is just my interpretation of what I need to do to receive that. So it, it's just my learned behaviour, I guess. Yeah, so that's... and about two minutes ago we talked about what you've got to do to receive God's love and what have you got to do? Nothing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. That's the end of your story. Well, it's not really the end of my story. I have other pieces to share, but I'd like to hear your story. So my story with God, uh, I was actually typing something out today about the profound impact that God has had in my life since I discovered the truth that 
I should have known all along, which was that he loved me since before the beginning of time. And the mm-hmm. reason why I, me personally, why it seemed to take me so long to understand that was because I, I went to church first. <laughs> <laughs> and whether or not I understood what was being spoken about in the 18 years or thereabouts that I went there, or whether it was a misinterpretation or it was never made clear to me how much God loved me, I absolutely recall believing that God created the world. Mm. So I think I've always had that understanding that that's the case. I never really understood that God was the God of love and certainly not the God of unconditional love. So I think in my mind, if I ever thought about God loving me or being able to love me, he would have to do that beyond what he was seeing me do. Yeah. And how horrible I was and the things that I was doing wrong in the world, that he would have to be able to love me somehow, even through those actions. That was my understanding of of who God is Mm. from my youth. And I attended church and I also attended a Christian school for quite a period of time. So attending those places, listening to the stories about God and hearing about the Bible and all of that, that's the conclusion that I came to. So I absolutely felt by the age of 18, that I was definitely unworthy of God's love. And that if I was unworthy of his love and I somehow had to do things to stay in the fullness of his love, then I may as well just, because I can't achieve that, I may as well be all out. And so I went all out. I went the opposite way. I went, okay, well, if I can't do what it takes to be loved by you, God, then I'm just going to you know, exist outside of the knowledge of you, which is crazy because I guess I was thinking that God couldn't see me or something, but I just thought that he mustn't have cared. And this is this is after being a person that's attended church, etc., all my life. So so I'm not feeling as if God loves me. I'm not feeling like there's love coming my way. Therefore, I have no love going his way either. And therefore, mm. not only that, speaking about the currency of love being the topic of tonight, I had no love to give. I had no love for me. I had no love to give to my wife. I had no love to give to the world. I didn't feel loved. And so there was no currency of love actually uh, revolving in my life for Mm. all of those years. So from the time, yeah, zero to 18, going to church, didn't really understand God's love for me. The outcome was for another 20 years. Then I also didn't experience God's love, didn't know it was anything real. Didn't even give it much thought. Just went about trying to do the things that most people do, I guess, and really made a mess of things. Really, I only cared about me and actually didn't even care about me. No. No. But strangely enough, it manifests as that, doesn't it? Yeah. So I just, I think I was just really, really, really selfish and I just wasn't feeling any love. I was only living life, experiencing what life had to offer in the way of emotions i guess like um you know that come through things like drugs and alcohol and those sorts of things where you get a bit of a a good feeling or something that was mm. what i was running on i certainly wasn't running on the currency of love and then in 2011 i was riding a trike through the center of australia in outback australia and god spoke to me and mm. i was 38 yeah and everything changed <laughs> Everything from that moment changed. And then I started to learn about the God that loves me. Mm. Then I started to realize 
that he actually did love me, that he actually chose me and he spoke to me at that moment in time in my helmet, on my motorbike, one on one, and I felt like he loved me. And so from that time forward, life became not so much about living to try and fill some void that was inside me because the void was full. And so then it became learning about how I could also have that currency of love flowing, I guess, you know, that love that you feel, giving it back out. Mm. And it's been an adventure for the last 12 or 13 years of trying to understand that that is is the case, that God loves me. Ah, And it's been, it's it's still an ongoing adventure of, of knowing that. No, but that is the place for me where everything that is good comes out of me too. It's that overflow mm. of his love in me that allows me to love even myself. Isn't it? Like yeah. I couldn't imagine even saying that or thinking that for the first thirty eight years of my life. If I thought that we were supposed to love ourselves, it's a very Australian thing. I don't know what it's like for people in other parts of the world, mm. but it's certainly an Australian thing to you know, when you're growing up if you if you're and especially as a male in Australia, if you're ever seen to be somebody that actually likes themselves or likes something that you're doing within yourself, you get accused of being in love with yourself and that's not a good thing. Mm. <laughs> it's all upside down and back to front. But yeah. it's, so it's been, a, it's been the first 38 years of not even knowing that to the next 12 years of learning that slowly. So here I am, Kylie. Yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, I feel like it, it is that the transformational power of love is it's a revolution that is that's what we're on the verge of is this revolution of love. Like it's, That's what it's, happened in the 70s where everybody smoked joints, took LSD, <laughs> wore flares, yeah, but flower we're, children, but we're moving, we're, we're moving from the counterfeit ah, into the righteous real. So we're not going back there. No. Right, yeah. Because we really want to be in the fullness I of think that's back where I was. The true love. But it wasn't the 70s. No. That was that love of trying to find love. Yeah. In, trying to fill a void. In pleasure. You know, like, I mean, real, uh, authentic, true, unconditional love is not just pleasure or not happiness or it, it's it's this all-consuming space where everything becomes beautiful. I was, I was looking at love and light because I'm really in this energy space at the moment where I'm putting together a lot of stuff for our energy workshop or our energy uh, our thought energy intensive which is coming up thought energy intensive guy yes our our thought energy intensive which is coming up for all our patreon people uh in may yes all our patrons which is going to be really exciting if you want to be a part of that jump on our patreon I'm trying to learn not to jump in the middle of your conversations and I know you're just about to start something I know you've got notes so hopefully you can start it and know where you are yeah. But whilst we're speaking about Patreon, we'd like to thank the people that are supporting us. Yeah, we have many absolutely. supporters. We thank you with everything mm. that we have. We think that it's absolutely amazing that people are supporting us financially to do these things, such as this production, yeah. such as our podcast, yeah. such as being able to pay our bills for Zoom and for StreamYard and all the software that we have to try and bring this to you. We thank you so much. Mm. But we are also seeking more. (laughs) (laughs) 
So if you're enjoying what you're hearing, if you're not supporting us on Patreon, mm. please consider supporting us. Yeah. But also, if that's not your cup of tea, we also have a book that Kylie has written and we have artworks as well yeah. that we also do. And you can find all of those things on our website, which is across the bottom of the screen, wildfiretribe.life. So thank you so much for our supporters and thank you in advance for anybody that's coming on board in the future and for anybody that buys any of those things as mm. well to support what it is that we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so as I've been exploring this whole thought energy and looking at light and the power of light, and it, there really is this beautiful connection between light and love. Uh, we are part of the genealogy of light. Our heritage is light, and there is light within love, which is, ooh, like just saying it, like I've totally got goosebumps. It's just this really powerful, it's like fear cannot like perfect love casts out all fear and light expels darkness it's like this beautiful combination of light and love that is this space that we're being led into this revolution of light this revolution of love he is our creator is the father of lights and we are those lights and we are the channel we are the fullness of his love on the earth. So it's allowing ourselves to come into that place of just oneness with our creator that can really, where we begin to shine in the space that we've been created to and to be that channel of love, to be, because that love is intoxicating, it is overwhelming. I was just looking into um, some different early Christian thinkers and there were similar ideas had been articulated by some of these early Christian thinkers. The great poet Dante, he, was, um, he held that heaven was a region of pure light, intellectual light that was full of love. C.S. Lewis would later picture the medieval universe as filled with light emanating from the sun. Even the large high windows of Gothic churches were meant to fill the space with light, the manifest presence of God, the manifestation of God's presence is love because he is love. God is love. If we can explain him in any way, it's love. And if we have any kind of framing up of what God is that's outside of love, that is not God because God is love. He is beyond space and time. So that led me into I was reading in this article about the metaphysical creation of love and light and matter and time, the essence of that is unity and oneness for which all love emanates. So I felt like it's it's this concept of love and light and unity, like and oneness. <laughs> it's like that that could be the end of the show, babe. Like unity, love, light, oneness. When we as humanity can come into that space of love, light, unity, oneness then all fear bends its knee, all war ceases to exist, all 
fighting and battling and hustling and all of that stuff, it lays down and we come into this beautiful place of of connection and we come into this place of... Um, what have you got to say about the comment that you quite often hear when you talk about love, you know, if, if everybody just loved each other, there wouldn't be any war. And then you hear people say, well, religions caused most of the wars in mm. history and things like that that people say. Yeah. What, what do you say about that? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's why religion is not God. Like religion is an institution really or a, a set of rules and everything that have been put into place over thousands and thousands of years. Like religion is the very thing that Jesus came to set us free from and yet people can't see that we're already free and that instead we have institutionalised our beliefs again into this these same patterns and rules and boxes that Jesus actually came to originally set us free I want from. to give credit where it's due, and I've, I don't know whether it's an original uh, quote from Justin Abraham, but I have heard him saying, where well, he might be quoting it from somewhere <laughs> else, I'm not sure, but he ha- I've heard him say that Jesus did not come to start religion. Mm-hmm. He came to end it. Yeah, yeah, come on. It's true. It's true. Yet as soon as Jesus has come to end religion and religion and the religious people of the day, those in charge in the day have decided that they don't need Jesus around because he's nothing but trouble and he's 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 a threat to the people of the day and they mm. need him put to death. As soon as we go through that whole process, mm. then as soon as Jesus has risen from the dead, <laughs> his Holy Spirit has... <laughs> His Holy Spirit is roaming the earth freely <laughs> in amongst people. Then we pick up religion again. Then we start making those rules again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we just believe what everybody teaches us because it, it takes a brave person to step out and to initiate their own relationship with God and to, to walk with him into the unknown spaces of our lives as he reveals the fullness of who he is to us without us having to run it by our pastor or just double check that we're getting it right or, oh, no, you know, you you haven't been a Christian for very long. You're probably not hearing right. We need to put you through some discipleship classes and just get you in a few more boxes and then then you might be able to trust your own self to be able to hear actually from God. So if you do not have a pastor, Kylie, then what do you do? Like if you're walking through life and you're experiencing God and you feel like he's real and you Mm. want to live your life in obedience because you have to be obedient to him (laughs) or you're just having a relationship with him, (laughs) nevertheless, however you want to say it, do you need, is it a good idea to go to churches, to have a pastor, to be in a church and all of that? An interesting question. I don't think you need that to have a a an amazing relationship with God because sometimes I feel like it actually stifles our walk. How? Well, because all of a sudden we are surrounded by a whole bunch of rules. We're surrounded by a whole bunch of, you know, lines that say, oh, well, you shouldn't go over there and you shouldn't go over there and we don't believe that and we don't believe that. And, and, and principles, like the principles of the Christian walk are powerful principles that you don't need to be a Christian to exercise in your life, like the principles of Principles such as commandments, you mean? Yeah. Is that okay? Laws, well, rules. 
Matthew 22, verse 36, this is Jesus again. He says, teacher, he is asked this, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This <laughs> is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So that's in the NIV version. So it is quite possible Mm -hmm. if we were to just look at that verse there and Mm -hmm. go, hang on, well, Jesus is the man. Jesus is the son of God. Mm -hmm. Jesus is God's son wrapped in flesh cruising around the world. And the guys that were there with him in that day Mm -hmm. asked him a question, Mm -hmm. and that is the answer that he gave them. So if that's the answer that he gave them, Mm -hmm. that should be enough for us, shouldn't it? Yeah. Love the yeah. Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and mm. strength. Love your neighbour as yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the show, Kylie. Yeah, we is. don't have to keep on going over it. That's all we have to do. Why can't we seem to do that very well? Mm, I know because our we're raised in a world that isn't very good at love. So we we can't we find it hard to love ourselves. Mm. And so therefore it's difficult for us to receive that beautiful love of God, which is the transformational love that flows Through us, his love is our ability to love one another. So it's that what I was talking about before in my own experience of not actually believing or knowing that God loves me at all. Mm. So not having anything to give to other people that actually resembles love. (laughs) What I'm giving to people is what I have inside me, which is nothing. Exactly. It's full of nothing except for grog and drugs and whatever else I've got going on. (laughs) And out of that place is what I'm giving back. Yeah. And you know you can just have you can just be a good person. I think I was and a, keeping good generally rules a good person as and everything. Well. I can still help but, people and stuff. Yeah, but but you can still be void of that love. You mm. can still not have the ability to receive that love because you can't love yourself, and therefore there's that because it all comes from within us. So if we've got our heart encased in that, you know that piece of metal like it's so hard our heart is so hard to ourselves and to god and to humanity in general like we only love lovable people and you know on the whole even the people we choose to love that we really genuinely love have unlovely moments so expecting that we can only give love to lovable people is actually unrealistic because if we're called to love all people, there must be a way that that he is giving us what we need to be able to do that. So it is that love that he flows through us. I feel like this is a very evangelistic episode, Kylie. I feel like we're actually saying to people that if you just like know that God exists and Mm. that he's inside you, that Mm. it's all done. But that's where it starts and that's where Mm. it ends. But there's all the little bits in between. Mm. You just figure them out along the way. But yeah. if you just get that bit that mm. God created you, he loves you. Yeah. Like love, in that moment when, when Jesus died on the cross and he it did away with religion and all those rules and all those things that were so hard to keep, and it, it was in that moment that he swallowed up death. That was love. Love swallows up death. So it's not until all of us come into the revelation of who we are in Christ that we all died in that moment to be set free 
all of us have been set free in that love and that when we all come into the fullness of that love, then that's when the transformation of all things, when the restoration of all things, when we start to see everything that we could hope for, all of that joy and all of that peace and all of that hope and that freedom and that life flow into every aspect. What about if you don't know God, you're not aware of his presence, say you're walking around like I was talking about, I was for those 38 years, Mm. not knowing his presence, not feeling his love. Have you got anything at all, any advice for somebody in that situation that's listening now, tonight in their car Mm. as they're driving along, that they could do to activate or experiment mm. or just see if it's true for them. Yeah, well, I would just say in that moment, just breathe and just let go of all of the reasons why you're not lovable, all of the things that you've been told, all of the bad stuff, all of the, just all of the barriers that have been built around your heart saying, I'm, I'm not capable of being loved, I'm, I'm not lovable. There is like this little gateway into our heart and it is this space of first love. It's that place of, it's that feeling and that, woo, that giddiness that we can allow him into that space. But we have to let go of all of the reasons why we shouldn't and just embrace the one reason why we should. And that is because you are enough. You are already loved exactly where you are. You are already beautiful in his eyes. You are his son. You are his daughter. And you are infinitely loved. So just take that moment. Just breathe in. And as you do, you're just releasing the frequency of love over you. The frequency of his love, his light, his goodness just allowing it to melt away those barriers because you are enough, you are beautiful, you are created for more. He's not saying I'm going to love you when you get your life together. He's saying I love you right now in this moment, I always have. And that moment of encounter is that moment that then we can begin to step into the rest of our life knowing that we are loved and that we can be a channel for his love into the lives of others to remind one another who we are. So if you're driving your car right now, listening to that, and you've opened that gateway of love into your heart from God, Mm. just pull over to the side of the road. (laughs) Enjoy what that feels like. Mm. Like Kylie said, there's nothing that you have to do. Yeah. There's nothing that you Mm. it's already been done there's already been a price that's been paid for your life and it's been paid in the currency of love here's love flowing through us into the lives of humanity and once we as a people begin to all have our barriers down and and step outside of our boxes and just be that flow of love (laughs) i can't even imagine what that would if we all just got it in a moment, I feel like it would be tools down. Mm. There'd be nothing left to do <laughs> but to just be. Mm. There is a frequency, the love frequency, which is like 528 hertz. It is also known as the miracle frequency. 
it's this famous frequency. It's thought it's actually believed to bring transformation and an increase in our energy and awareness, our creativity and our inner peace. And that's what the love of God does. As we begin to release all of those worries, we just let go of all of those things that stress us and we just come into that place of allowing his love to flow over us and through us. That brings us into that place of transformation where from the inside we begin to walk out this new way with him, knowing that we are so loved. This love frequency is thought to resonate at the core of everything, like everything, every single thing connecting our hearts and our spiritual nature in this beautiful divine harmony with all of creation. (laughs) Yeah, so just for anybody that's not sure of what we mean by frequency, you mean sound. Mm, It's like a a vibration. Yeah, I mean, I I know what it means. I'm just Mm. trying to help anybody that that may not know, but different sounds, music, etc., different, uh, let's just go with a song, so different songs, Mm. have different vibrations. Vibrations come out of your speakers. That's frequency. So there's different frequencies that affect you in different ways. So the love frequency, 528 hertz. So if you were to go onto something like uh, YouTube, Mm. you could actually just type in 528 hertz, look for songs that Mm. have that frequency and just listen to those. Listen to those as you're going to sleep. Mm. Listen to those if you're feel anxious throughout the day, that's that love frequency. Mm. Pump up those sounds on your headphones and just Mm. notice the difference in your body, what that does for you Mm. as opposed to a frequency that's designed to affect you in other ways. Yeah. And as you're doing that too, you can just, just be really present with your heart, like there, within our heart, there's also a garden, and I and I speak about this in in my book, um, the, the garden of our heart, which is this place where we can walk with our Creator, where we can walk with the Father, where we can be um, just exploring what it is to be loved, to be with Him, to be in friendship with our Creator, to be building this relationship we can go to that place. And that's a really powerful thing. Like it's, it's also a really peaceful thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a place of contemplation and a place of transformation. It's not a place of condemnation though, is it? No so condemnation in Jesus. There's now no condemnation. Yes. So John 3.16, which is that really famous verse that we were speaking about for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 17, the next one after that, says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So it's already done. He's already done all that. He saved the world through him. We don't need to worry about anything anymore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he did that because he loves us. <laughs> it's just too easy, God. It sounds like we need to pay something for this love. We need we need to do something to get it. Yeah. It doesn't make sense that it would be freely given and then all we have to do is just mm. breathe and stuff. Mm, and just I live know. a life of freedom yeah. and adventure. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what we're supposed to do. It is, yeah. Just accept his love yeah. 
and just live a life of freedom and adventure. Mm. And the more of us that do that, the higher that frequency will be. And then all of those things that cause so much tension and animosity and and disease and all of those things will just fall away. They'll pass away. They'll come to an end because those things can't stay whilst ever we're in that love. Mm-hmm. It's like we really come out of it a couple of really seriously saturated years that we've been saturated in fear. And fear is the opposite of love. Mm. The only thing that removes fear is love, is that beautiful, pure God love. Mm. Yeah, and we've definitely seen that over <laughs> the, the last couple of years with uh, a virus getting around the world and and a, and a fear of that. You know, And mm. every time there's something on the news, any time there's something on TV that lots of people watch mm. that conjures up fear, yeah. straight away, you see it. You see it on the streets. You see the people uh, wearing masks that weren't wearing them the day before, etc. And it becomes from it becomes from a fear, a, a a concern that you're going to get sick, a, a fear of getting sick, a fear of getting mm. sicker than that, a fear of dying, a fear of lots and lots of things. Mm. Yeah, it it's does. Like, it's like fear has its own frequency as well, and anything that we choose to focus on and anything that we take into ourselves is also released out of us. So when we accept that God loves us, that flows in and out of us. Mm. When we are running on fear or other frequencies, not only is that what's coming into (laughs) us, that's what's going out. And unfortunately too, Mm. the truth is that fear, stress, anxiety, all of those things also affect our body, Mm. the cells in our body in lots of adverse ways as mm. well i think it's it's quite obvious to anybody that's mm. ever considered the thought but a body running on fear or something negative is not functioning as well mm. as one that's running on the opposite well that's why a body that is in that state of dis-ease will often be overcome with disease so that's why maybe that's why in john three sixteen when he says um, whosoever believes in him, so whosoever believes in Jesus will not perish but have eternal life. It actually says mm. that there in the Bible. Yeah. So for any of you Christian people that are reading your Bibles, get that out. Any non-Christians that have a Bible, well, Google it if you don't, you know, you're nowhere near a Bible. It mm. actually says that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So is it possible that if we were just all living on the fullness of God's love, accepting that that is true, that we wouldn't even need to die. Yeah, that's right. We wouldn't yeah. need to die. We wouldn't die. No. We would have no disease. That's right. There would be no disease. Come on. So really, in at the very basis of finding all of the cures to everything in the, the world, all the diseases, the cure is love. <laughs> yes. Love. It's love. So thank you so much, everybody, for your support, for those people that are already supporting us and for anybody that's interested in supporting our work, our work on the podcast and the men's group that we have, the other things that we are already doing. If you're interested in buying prophetic artwork from one of us or the other, we also have all of those things available and Kylie's book as well. And they're all available on our website wildfiretribe.life 
Yes, it's true. So just as we're coming to the end of today, um, I just really wanted to share a story uh, to start with um, just about that encountering that uh, unconditional love, this currency of love that we're speaking of. So um, 10 years ago, we lived in Central Australia um, in a place called Alice Springs. And this particular day I had got up and I felt like the Holy Spirit was nudging me to ride my bike in town. So I jumped on the bike and I took our last money that we had in the kitty, $50, to buy some groceries while I was in there and I just rode into town and I felt like that I needed to go to the post office. So I went to the post office and when I got there I thought, I'll just check our post office box while I'm here. And I looked, I opened it up. I was thinking, oh, this is going to be so exciting. Maybe there's a check in the mail or some cool thing. But when I opened up the post office box, it was completely empty. So I closed it up and I turned around, went back to my bike and I just stood there saying, why have you brought me here, God? Like, what is it that you're revealing to me? What do you want to show me? And in that moment, I felt him say to me, turn around, can you see that guy over there that's sitting on that bench out the front of the post office? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he said to me, he feels like your post office box. And I was just like, completely empty. So I felt like he was saying to me that I needed to go over and say something to this guy, that I needed to tell him who God saw him as, what God's feelings were for this young man. So I said more information would be good. (laughs) Anyway, um, he said, I'll tell you when you get there. So I made my way over to this guy and I just put out my hand and I said, hey, I'm Kylie and I've been sent here by God and he has a message for you. And then as I, as I open my mouth, I can only describe it as being a river of love that started to flow through me and straight on to this guy as I just was affirming him as a son. I was speaking all of these amazing, beautiful things over his life, just as the father saw him, that he was loved infinitely exactly where he was and that there was so many wonderful and amazing things for him in his future. And I I had never experienced the intensity of God's love like I did that day. I hadn't experienced it before in in such a way as like this channel that I had become in this moment. And I felt like it's such a beautiful and important part of our identity is to feel his love, is to know that we are infinitely and beautifully loved by our Father, our Heavenly Father, our Creator, the Creator of all things He loves us so much. And in that moment, this guy was just busted. Like he was crying. I was crying. We were both 
so so overwhelmed and and in and then just as I felt like it was what I had to say was coming to an end the Holy Spirit said oh and by the way you need to give that guy your your fifty dollars that you brought for your groceries <laughs> and I was like what and then I just thought I don't even care I don't even care like I'm I am so undone in this moment of of his beautiful love and I just feel like that is how he loves all of us like he sees us as his sons he sees us as Jesus when he sees us he sees the sacrifice that Jesus paid that currency of Jesus love that bought our freedom and I think it it saddens me and and I, I don't know if it saddens him, but I, I think it may sadden him to see us all bound up in religion and rules and and finger pointing and war and all all this horrible disease and and all of these things that that we've been already set free from. And that and that just coming into his love and the fullness of his love is what it takes to to be fully identified in Christ. So yeah, I just wanted to share that because I felt like it was just one of those moments for me that was just really powerful. And I just wanted to end on this this quote from Teresa of Avila. And she said, if we learn to love the earth, we will find labyrinths, gardens, fountains, and precious jewels. A whole new world will open itself to us. We will discover what it means to be truly alive. Love draws forth love. Well, that's pretty much what I've been saying, except she's more famous and it sounds better come out of her. <laughs> yes, Saint Sean. Yes, Saint Sean of Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So with this, thank you so much, everybody, for your love. Uh, we love the fact that you're listening to us. We love the fact that you're listening to us all around the world, as we said mm. before. Yeah. We just thank you that you would listen and share with your friends and let's just share the love, God's love for us, God's love for each other. And let's just together make this world a better place. Thank yeah, you for listening. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Woo. <laughs> absolutely. Thanks, guys. Woo. <laughs>